Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome in to Believe in Jaguars. I nailed that this time. I'm Jordan DeLugo, joined by former Jaguars tight end Clay Harbor. Victory Tuesday edition of the show. First place in the AFC South edition of the show. Second place in the AFC edition of the show. Clay, how about it? How about it, baby? Love to see it. And you know I got to start off my uh, my episode with my usual victory. Let's go Duval! Big W. I can't wait to talk about it. I know Jordan's got some cool topics for us today, but to start it off, I just got to say I'm happy for Duval. Duval, we finally got a winning team. I don't know the last time we are in first place. Last time you go and get a big win on the road. Much deserving for this fan base. Can't wait to talk about the Jags and this big matchup we got coming up this week. Doug Peterson going home to Philadelphia to play against the first place undefeated, number one in the power rankings, Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah, that's going to be a massive matchup, and we're going to cover that. Um, pretty, pretty heavy, hot and heavy. Dive deep into that later this week. But for right now, we're going to take a look at what's happened so far, what's going on right now with your Jacksonville Jaguars. Again, 2-1, and one, coming off a 38-10 to 10 victory over the Chargers in Los Angeles. Their first road win since 2019. Uh, one of the only times that they've been able to go out to the West Coast and get the job done. Doug Peterson's plan worked, flying out Saturday, flying back home Sunday. Team is off today on a Tuesday. But to start this show, we're going to talk about what's working for the Jaguars, what worked against the Chargers, and what's been working as a whole for the team so far. Clay, you want to get us kicked off here? I mean, what what didn't work for the Jaguars against you know against the Chargers? But yeah, you look at the first thing that stands out to me is they're able to run the ball again. James Robinson, seventeen carries, hundred plus yards. That's huge. If you can run the ball, that opens up everything else for this team. Offensive line did a great job opening up holes. James Robinson, Travis Etienne did a great job of getting through um, those holes and 36 rush attempts for 151 yards, 4.2 yards per carry. That's unlike Philly and unlike, uh, say, Chicago, who have big running games because their, their quarterback is a glorified running back. So these are all runs from the running back. So hats off, pr- proverbial hat. I don't have one on. Jordan does. But hats there off. <laughs> yeah, please put that back on, Jordan. Hats on. Just kidding. Hair looks great. Hats off to the Jaguars offensive line. Did a great job setting the tempo up up front with the big uglies. You love to see it. Everything starts with them. The running game was the first thing that I thought really worked. Offensive line, beautiful. Yeah, and when you talk about the running game, too, the, the Chargers run defense is something we talked about. They brought some pieces in to try to improve that run defense with the Brandon Staley cover two shells that they run a lot. They have to have very specific pieces on the interior. They brought in Khalil Mack, who everyone talks about him as a pass rusher, but that's supposed to be one of the best run defenders on the edge in the NFL. And the Jaguars, they didn't care. They went after the run early and often. And I, what I was impressed with here, too, is they were up. For a lot of this game, they were leading. So the Chargers are keying in on the run, right? And they're still not stopping it consistently at all. Uh, in week two against the Colts, the Jaguars ran the ball a lot. But outside of one big James Robinson run, it was really just kind of eating up clock, 
keeping the defense honest. Uh, they weren't super productive, but in this one, they remained productive throughout the contest of the running game. And J-Rob had that big 50-yard touchdown run on fourth and one. Ooh, really nice really nice counter play. There's no one over the top to, to, uh, to get James Robinson to the ground. They're all heading the other direction. J-Rob, easy Peterson. touchdown run. This, this guy has some cojones. I don't know if you know what cojones mean, but Doug Peterson, look it up, guys. Doug Peterson has some big cojones. This guy is willing to make the call on the tough down. Everybody's saying kick the field goal or later in the game. He goes for it on, on fourth down. You know, it's fourth down, punt the ball. He goes for it, pays off. 50-yard run. This guy is so confident in his team that he knows he can set up. We talked about this last week. He can set up these third down plays knowing that he has another play coming on fourth down. When you have that kind of confidence in your team, that creates a whole nother element to this offense. and gives you just a whole nother realm of plays you can use on third down. So it's going to improve the Jaguars third down and then give you that opportunity on fourth down. Now that's another, that's an extension of third down. So now you're getting basically two third downs the way Doug Peterson plays this. And he knows he can trust his defense especially this run defense, but he knows he can trust his defense, put a lot of faith in them. Without them, he probably wouldn't be able to do this. We'll talk about that too. But, man, this Jaguars run defense, Jordan, what do you think? I love it. And the last note I wanted to get to on the run offense, rushing offense, Travis Etienne, he started to run with some power this week. You saw him breaking tackles and pushing the pile a little bit, which is really yep. encouraging because you know about his speed and elusiveness in the open field. But to add that power – that finishing, you love that. Oh, I love to see it. And that was something, yeah, that was something I wanted to touch on too, man. This guy's, he's not just speed. He's not just the Ferrari out there. He's got a little bit of F 150 in him too. He's pulling some guys. He's, he's carrying that pile. He's falling forward. These two guys, man, we talked about it at the beginning of the season. Everybody's counting us out, Jordan. I don't want to say I told you so. I don't want to say we told you so, but before this show and going into the season, we call. We say, hey, the Jaguars, people are counting them out. I know we had a long way to go. They're only 2-1. and one, But so far, this team is what we thought they were. If you remember that old day, the Bears are who we thought they were. <laughs> Jags are who we thought they were in a good way. Yeah, absolutely. Now, before we jump into that run defense, we want to remind everyone to go follow Clay on Twitter, at ClayHarbs82. You can follow myself, at Jordan DeLugo. Make sure to subscribe and review if you enjoy the show. Really appreciate everyone tuning in. All right, so yeah, you mentioned that run defense. Let's talk about it. They're allowing 55 yards per game, three yards per carry on the ground. They look like the best run defense in the NFL right now. It's working up front with their interior linemen. We, we know Josh Allen and Trayvon Walker can play the run on the edge. Devin Lloyd and Poya Lua can have been getting the job done there. And the secondary is not afraid to come up and hit either. Absolutely, man. You just you said it all. And how about Devin Lloyd? PBU, interception, fumble recoveries. This guy's all over the place. I knew he could play, but I thought not having an NFL training camp under his belt, honestly, I thought it would hurt him. I thought he'd be slow to progress. He hasn't shown that. Maybe the beginning of the first game, you yeah, saw like it. Like about a quarter. Yeah, he was a little bit okay. But this guy has come. He, he, show, he belongs in this league. And he showed it, like you said. This guy's, this guy, how many tackles, Devin Lloyd? He had seven tackles, five solos, and three passes defended as a, as a linebacker. This guy can go sideline to sideline, 
but he also has some strength and power behind him. So I'm a big fan of Devin Loy and the way he's come along. You got to take your hat off again to Trenton Balky for that pick going up and getting Devin Lloyd. I think that's a steal in my opinion, being able to get Lloyd and Trayvon Walker in the same draft. You know what you just did for that defense? Why is this defense yeah. as good as it is? Moves like that. And obviously a free agency for a Luakun. I mean, there's some big names there and Doug Peterson hired Mike Caldwell, the former Philadelphia Eagle linebacker coach, I might add to come in here and he's done a great job so far. Big opportunity, obviously, next week. Right now we're talking about this week, but next week we're going the best offense, the best offense in the NFL. So we'll see mm -hmm. what happens. Yeah, absolutely. It's going to be a huge matchup in week four. Kind of like the final boss of the first quarter of the season for the Jaguars that they're going to have to go take down. And we know that your allegiances lie in the middle here on that one between the Jaguars and the Eagles. But going to be really fun to watch. Um, I think, yeah, Devin Lloyd – I can't remember a Jaguars linebacker playing at this high of a level, both against the run and against the pass. Yeah. I'm going back to Daryl Smith. Yeah. I mean, Puzz uh, was pretty good against the run, but he wasn't much of a, a pass defender, you know? Yeah, and he could play zones, but even then he could be taken advantage of at times. Certainly didn't want him playing any man-to-man. -man. You're seeing Devin Lloyd carry Gerald Everett down the field, stride for stride, make a pass break up there seeing him I can't remember who it was over the middle of the field that he got that PBU on but that was another impressive play and of course being able to capitalize on these gimmies with the interceptions he's done that the last two weeks it's been awesome and the range the length the power against the run yeah really impressive and I just think the the Mike Caldwell defense is just starting to blossom so many new pieces, a brand new defensive coordinator. They have not hit their ceiling. No, absolutely not. They're still, this is their first year in this Mike Caldwell system as well. And these, are, these guys are all new to this, and they've just taken to it so well. And you see Josh Allen, he had 10 pressures. Mm. 10 pressures against 10 pressures. Obviously, we're talking about the run defense, how they're ranked on pro football focus the premier ranking system that everybody uses. The NFL teams use pro football focus. I don't love pro football focus. They don't know what plays called. They don't know what plays the team's running. They don't know how these guys are being coached. There's a lot of things they don't know. But they are a good tool to use to just compare teams. The Jaguars are ranked as the second run defense in the NFL from pro football focus. That's huge. What Mike Caldwell has been able to do to come in here and implement his system He's got these big, these new guys, rookies, a lot of rookies, a lot of young guys on this defense. Trayvon Walker, Devin Lloyd, big piece of this defense. To be able to implement them and get them comfortable with the system is crazy. And you got a guy like Josh Allen who's playing both the pass and the run. Ten pressures in one game? you love yeah. to see it, Jordan. Yeah, he leads the NFL in pressures right now, according to Pro Football Focus. And like you mentioned about Pro Football Focus, I don't necessarily lean on the grades as much as I do the advanced statistics, like pressures. Does that match up with what you're seeing on the field when you watch the game? And yeah, for him, it absolutely did. And that's another reason you can't be a box score, a box score scout either. He didn't end up with a single, um, with a single sack in this game but he completely dominated. 
So awesome for Josh Allen. Awesome for the rest of the pass rush as well. Roy Robertson Harris is coming alive. You got a lot of guys that are really getting after it. Um, Dewan Smoot got a forced fumble in this one on a sack against Justin Herbert. So you really like that. And that just leads us into the pass rush show. What's your so thoughts can... on Smoot? On Smoot? Yeah. Yeah, I think he's a really good rotational pass rusher. That um, uh, He's in a new system again for the third time in three years. So, of course, adjusting to that. But I, I, I'm a fan of him as – if him and Arden Key are your – you know, third and fourth rushers, I like it, especially when you also have Roy Robertson-Harris and Adam Gotzis and guys like that. Absolutely. I was thinking the same thing, man. This D-line is loaded. And this defense, this defense is great. And I think that there, there's no real weakness that I see. You know, maybe some people might say, okay, in the defensive backfield, a couple holes. But I think, I think this whole defense is pretty solid. And it's crazy to say, I think the whole offense – it's pretty solid too to me. This is an all-around team, so you love to see it. I know we said we we love the O line, the D line, the run game. Is there is there anything else that you wanna you wanna talk? You wanna say? Well, we haven't talked about the passing attack. I mean, goodness, Trevor Lawrence, what a year two leap we are seeing from him. And I was thinking about it this morning. What would a year one of Trevor Lawrence's career look like had Doug Peterson been his coach? Oh, it I would, think it would look a lot more like this than what you saw last year. You feel bad for Trevor Lawrence, man, but I think that now he understands what he has in Doug Peterson, and they can, they've can seen the bad, and now everyone has seen the good, and they respect it and appreciate it that much more. If you come into a system like Doug Peterson with a coach like Doug Peterson, you might think that that's what it's going to be like everywhere. But they got a hard taste of what it's like if you don't got a good you don't got a good program, you don't got a good system in place, you got a, a coach that doesn't have your back, makes them appreciate it more and it makes you fight for it more as a player. You want to fight for this culture. You want to fight for this team. So I think that's something that you I'm a glass half full type of guy. You want to spin it in a positive way. If they wouldn't have had that year, they wouldn't have been able to appreciate this year and they probably wouldn't be fighting as hard for this culture, for this coach and for this team as they are now. So I like where we're at. Yeah. To understand how bleak it can be, they want to do everything they can to keep this coaching staff around. Absolutely. And they're doing that right now. The players are, they're completely bought in. Um, and the last thing on Trevor, there's so many ways you could go with him. Like the receivers are playing out of their mind. They're all doing a great job. Zay Jones had his best game as a Jaguar, but Trevor Lawrence, the biggest thing for me in this contest was how quickly he was getting rid of the football. Oh, yeah. Uh, 2.39 seconds to throw, I believe, which is the best of his career. It was the second quickest time in the NFL this week behind only Tom Brady. We know how quickly Brady gets rid of the football. Uh, that is the biggest thing because we've seen him make all the throws. We've seen him do everything athletically that you want. But now showing command of the offense in terms of getting rid of the football on time, knowing where to go with it quickly, that's a huge step. Huge. And for me, being in Chicago and covering some of the Chicago Bears, you know, like I like I said, you know, doing CBS postgame now and, and doing some of these uh, these Bears shows is I can see Justin Justin Fields, a guy from Trevor Lawrence's draft class. And it's crazy, the, the comparison. And last year you, you could compare the two of the guys they are both in tough systems. You know, they're what 
Trevor Lawrence has just elevated his game, and they don't even look like they're on the same field. They're playing the same position. Yeah. Fields is holding on to the ball too long. He doesn't know where he's indecisive. Trevor knows exactly where he's going. He's getting the ball out quick. And it's not like these offensive lines are too different. The Bears, great run, run game, run offensive line. They're great mm-hmm. running the ball. They're second in the league in the run game, but they're 22nd in a pass pro. The reason that they're so low in pass pro isn't because they're so bad. It's because Fields holds on to the ball so long. So I say that to say this, that Trevor Lawrence getting rid of the ball early when he has to and getting that feel for the pass rush is huge. It makes the whole team better, makes this offensive line better, knowing that they only have to hold the ball for, he said, 2.6 seconds. He can do that. 2.39, I think, this year. 2.39 last week. That's incredible, and that's huge for him. He's got six touchdowns, one interception on the season. It's a far cry from last year, and he's just so much more efficient efficient this season. Last game is reading was 115. Mm-hmm. He's, he's averaging um, – he had 262 yards passing, and he's spreading the ball around. He's not picking one receiver. Ten catches to Zay Jones, th- six catches to Christian Kirk, four to Marvin Jones, three to James Robinson. He's getting the ball spread around. You can't just hone in on one guy. So he's seeing the whole field, and that's something I always look at for a quarterback. Okay, is he just locking on to one read? He's got one big target. He's No. He's getting the ball to different guys. He's throwing the ball to the slot. He's throwing the ball outside, throwing the ball to running backs. That's what you love to see. I think Trevor's in a great position. He had a good defense coming in this week, but I think he's in a good spot. Yeah, it's going to be a hell of a matchup as, you know, can't avoid it. Just Philly versus Jacks. You know, Jacksonville is number two in DVOA. Philly is number four in DVOA. The Eagles are undefeated. They've allowed 15 points the last two weeks. The Jaguars have allowed 10. It's going to be a hell of a matchup. I can't wait to preview it later in the week. Um, But, yeah, the pass pro, they handled their business against Khalil Mack and the rest of those guys. I know Joey Bosa went down. Uh, Kicking game, kickers are players too. And Riley Patterson had his best game as a Jaguar so far. He was three for three, did not have a long kick. Did not have a long field goal that he had to attempt, but he made all the field goals he had, three of three. He made his extra points and six touchbacks on eight kickoffs. That's huge for him, and that's huge for the the Jaguars' defense. Absolutely. When you know you're starting at the 20-yard line for the for the opponent, that's that's big. You have to go 80 yards to get a touchdown. You have to go 50 yards to, to get into field goal range. I mean, that's those are tough drives. If you can keep – kicking touchbacks that is such a tool for a defense that people undervalue and if you're starting at the 30 that's a big a first down is tough to get in this league if you're starting at the 30 versus starting at the 20 that's an extra first down first downs aren't easy like that's a tough that changes the game that changes the season so that's impressive if he can keep doing that that will be a great tool for Doug Peterson to use yeah and just couple other special teams notes. Logan Cook only had one punt. Boomed at 56 yards, of course. Pinned him inside the 20, of course. He's playing great football for the Jags. Love the punters. Don't want to use them. And right Right. now we're not. One punt, 56 yards. That's great. Yeah, Jamal Agnew also had his best return of the year. It wasn't really long, but it was a 13-yard punt return where had a couple spin moves, had a couple shimmies and uh, made some people miss, started looking like the Jamal Agnew we know and love. And I think maybe one of those big returns is on the horizon for him. Yeah, it's just like just like ETN, man. You know it's coming. You see the speed. You see quickness. You know it's there. 
eventually one of these is going to pop and he's going to hit his head on the goalpost. So, I mean, we know that's coming. Yeah, and then the final thing here for week three that I was looking at, they started slow this season on third downs on offense, uh, but they've improved every week. And this week they were 8 of 15 on third down plus 2 of 3 on fourth down. So when you look at those conversions overall, you're 10 of 17. You feel pretty good about that moving forward. It's headed in the right direction. Absolutely. That's uh, they got a lot of guys that can catch a lot of balls and, and move the change. And, and when you can run the ball for the first down and throw the ball for the first down, keeps the defense off balance. They don't know what you're going to do. And I love the fact that they can really spread it around. And and the, the, the big thing to me, one of my favorite parts about this team, and we're talking about strengths, is obviously, I, I got to say, this receiving core. People were worried you don't have a real number one. You're bringing in Christian Kirk. Christian Kirk is top 10 in yards. He's top 15 in receptions. Zay Jones is top 15 in receptions, is top 10 in receptions, and top 20 in yards. These are two guys in the top of the league in their respective categories. That's hard to do to have two guys in the same team putting up numbers like that. If they keep this and going. They were, yeah. They were and they're two not, maligned players for yes. their contracts that they received. Yeah. And you, you hear all the people saying Christian Kirk got overpaid. He's a top 10 receiver in yards this year and touchdowns. So he, who's overpaid? Not Christian Kirk. Zay Jones mm-hmm. is underpaid. You could say both these guys are underpaid. Great job for those guys. And Marvin Jones. Four catches in the touchdown. This guy doesn't age. Call him Ben Button. He's getting younger. This guy's still yeah. getting it done. What a what a touchdown catch for Marvin Jones. How did he come down with that? What a great play. Great throw by Trevor late in the game. Put the game out of reach. Marvin Jones comes down with the touchdown. You love to see it, Jordan. You love it. Yep. Yeah, Marvin Jones is your possession guy, no doubt. You go up and get it above the rim type of guy. They're using him in that role, and it's suiting him. So you love to see it. Um, you do feel for the Chargers really quickly. You know, they lost Bosa for some time. Rayshon Slater, they lost Guyton. I mean, they're injuries. I do feel for them. But at the same time, why the heck was Justin Herbert in the game late? That was, that was That's, crazy. I don't know. Chase Daniel. Get, get Chase Daniel some snaps, man. He's making all that money as a backup, man. Let him play. The game's over. Why are you keeping your prime time? career quarterback in the game there possibility getting hurt these jaguars are coming after him like some rabid dogs and you're keeping herbert in there you don't have nothing to prove you didn't get in work with herbert he get him out of there let him go back watch the tape get healthy for next week and to make this uh playoff run for the rest of the season that was crazy jordan yeah and especially the situation you're in you're having to throw the ball to try to come back you're having and the defense knows that they're teeing off on you and towards the end of the game, Herbert starts turning away from hits. And if you're doing that, you can't be on the field. Can't be on the field. This this league is unforgiving. And these guys are playing for their lives, and they, they have no sympathy. If you're between those lines and you're playing, there there is – it's an unwritten rule. You know, hey, when we get off this field, we're brothers, we're, we're this, we're that. When you're between those lines – there is no sympathy. You are coming full bore. You don't care if he's injured. You don't care if he's playing for this or that or he's got a great cause. No, you are coming after him. You are playing 100% to your, the best of your ability, thinking about nothing else but doing your job. So it doesn't matter that Herbert's hurt for them. They're, they're doing their job. They're coming after him. That's what they got to do. Yeah. 
No doubt about it. So we can close the book on that game a little bit here. And let's take a look at these power rankings, right? Pretty interesting yeah. stuff. The Jaguars are 2-1. and one. We know that they're on top of the AFC South. We know that um, they're second place in the AFC right now. Looking at some power rankings from around the web, the Athletic has the Jaguars jumping all the way up to 9 overall. ESPN up from 24 to 13. Then NFL.com still has them at 18 behind a lot of teams that have not won two games, behind a lot of teams that have not looked nearly as good as them. Uh, what are your thoughts on these rankings and where you think maybe the Jaguars should be? Yeah, I um, I don't I disagree with uh, the NFL's ranking. And it's crazy to see that the Chargers are – what are the Chargers? The Chargers are 15 and the Jaguars are 18. Okay, I know the Chargers had some injuries, but did I just watch that game? Did did you watch that game? I watched you're telling it. Me, yeah, you're telling me that the one and two Chargers, that the Jaguars just beat thirty eight to ten, are better than the Jaguars. I watched the game. I know what I saw. I'm going to go back and watch the all twenty two today, and just really get a good grasp for it. But what I saw was an old-fashioned, excuse my language, I'm talking about a donkey, ass-kicking. Old-fashioned ass-kicking. Oh, yeah. Every phase I'm of the game, you. offense, defense, everything. The Jaguars are better than the Chargers. That's what I saw. Just like last week we said, the Jaguars are better than the Colts. Colts beat the Chiefs, and still the Jaguars are at 18. I mean, they're going to have to respect them eventually if they go into Philly and knock off the Eagles which I think this game will be closer than a lot of people are thinking it will be. You got to start showing them some respect. But uh, I disagree with the NFL having them all the way down at 18 in the bottom half of the league. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking at some of the teams they have ahead of them right now. Cleveland, Detroit, Detroit Denver, Cleveland. yeah, Dallas, Tennessee, yeah. <laughs> San Francisco. Tennessee? What, what is this? Oh, oh, oh no. <laughs> Oh, come on, NFL. Tennessee ahead of my guys here. The 49ers. Who who wow. That's crazy talk right there. Now, uh, my take on this is obviously it is early in the season. We know that. But if you're basing these power rankings solely on what you've seen this year, which I'm not saying that's what you should do. I'm just saying if you did that, if you did that exercise, which I did. I think the Jaguars have looked like the third best team in the AFC arguably second behind Buffalo. Miami is undefeated though. So you got to give them credit. Um, so I would have them at third in the AFC and sixth in the NFL, you know, behind Philly, obviously behind Miami, behind Buffalo, um, behind who else do I have here? Um, I think Tampa, I would probably put in front of them a couple other teams, but, Obviously, you have to take into context what you know about these teams, not just what you've seen this year. I I went through this. I would have them at ninth, right there with where, where the athletic has them, um, because there are teams that you know have the talent that maybe haven't quite gotten it together yet. Um, no teams that that are experienced that are going to make the playoffs and they're going to be tough outs. But I have them at ninth right now. And I agree with you, Jordan. I think uh, ninth is right where I have them. And I'll give you a list of the teams that I have ahead of them. I have 
the Buccaneers. Yep. I have the Rams, the Chiefs, the Packers. I mean, Aaron Rodgers, it's tough to go against the Packers. Tough defense, too. Bills, Eagles. I need one more. Um, and then, I mean, they could be eighth. I, you, maybe you put the Vikings ahead of oh, them. I, the Ravens. I had the Ravens. The Ravens. I had the Ravens. Yeah. So the Ravens, too. You know, Lamar Jackson, this team can can run. They can pass. They solid defense. So right outside of there. But I think there's a chance they can move up, too. I think there's a chance. I mean, the Rams don't look like the same team from last year. The Ravens don't look like, you know, the the, the, the Ravens from – the past and then the Dolphins are 3-0 and and they won a tough one last week so we'll see but I think there's a chance to, to move up but I definitely don't know how you put the one and two Titans ahead of them and NFL has the Titans at 12 with which I don't understand I, I think that I mean that's interesting and I know the Titans have had some success and won this division but that's the only watched, reason you can say that that they should be 12 that's the only reason is their, 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 their past success. But I yeah. think the Jaguars are showing this year. And you saw the, the quote that Trevor Lawrence had today. is like, hey, I, we know we're a good team. It's obvious to us. You know, we watch the film. We're out there playing. I love that. Yeah. Now, I wanted to jump into a couple things like, you know, pump the brakes. Let's not pretend that the Jaguars are a flawless football team. There are some things, some chinks in the armor, some things they need to keep improving upon. And for me, it starts with something you mentioned earlier, it's coverage consistency from the secondary. Rayshon Jenkins, yeah. he's an up-and-down player. He's never going to be super consistent in coverage, I don't think. Darius Williams, he has been consistent throughout his career, but he's been more down than up for the Jaguars so far this year, despite having some nice plays. I mean, he did have two pass breakups last week, but so far I think he's been burned more than he's uh, held up his end of the bargain, and he's a guy who needs to, to improve here in Jacksonville a $10 million per year player. Shaquille Griffin, he's played really well the last two weeks, but he really struggled in week one, gave up two touchdowns. And then Tyson, Tyson Campbell's been really solid, but hasn't made those big plays in the end zone despite tight coverage. So I just think uh, that is where I need to see more consistency moving forward. I I agree with you. And when you start looking at, at some of these players and like you look at safeties, I like Cisco, but I think he's got some improving to do. And he does. He's been wrong a few times. He's taken some yeah. bad angles and not been perfect for sure. And out of 76 players graded, I wanted to touch on this on PFF. Rashawn Jenkins, out of 76 total graded players on Pro Football Focus, Rashawn safeties. Jenkins, safeties, 76, mm-hmm. 76 safeties graded in the entire league. Rashawn Jenkins is ranked 71st with a 41% at, at overall defense, at run defense. He's got a um, he's got a 46% in pass coverage, 42%. We've said that we don't know, like obviously we don't really we've watched the tape. PFF isn't the end all be all, but there's something you there's another tool you can go on to, to judge these players. Obviously, you give the eye test is what I think. He has been playing well. He's got to get better. You're ranked 71st, and then Cisco is not even ranked in the top 45 on PFF. Hasn't been playing great. The safety's got to get better. If they want to improve, to me, this is one of the weak links of this team. 
safeties, and I mean corners too, you can even say. Shaquille Griffin's got to get better that first week. The last two weeks he's played pretty well. Safeties concern me. If you don't have good safeties, you got Devontae Smith, A.J. Brown coming at you next week, Dallas Goddard, Miles Sanders, Boston Scott, Kenny Gainwell. Like This is a high-powered offense. Jalen Hurts running the ball. We got to have safeties. Yeah. I mean, these guys got to improve. Mike Caldwell's got to these guys staying after, watch some extra tape. They got to improve because this team is set up to make a run right now. I don't think we got to wait for Trevor to get any older. Right now, they're set up to make a run. These safeties yeah. got to improve. They got to be better. And that's my number one weak link is the safeties. Yeah, I'm totally with you there. And I do think Andre Cisco will get better. But I think Rayshon Jenkins, it's going to be a little bit of a roller coaster at times. You're going to have some high-level stuff. You're going to have some stuff that leaves you scratching your head a little bit. Now, my next thing, I think they still have yet to prove that they can handle stunts and games up front and pass protection. And that's how the commanders beat them. Uh, there's going to be some teams throughout the rest of the schedule that are going to run stuff like that. I haven't um, been been able to dive into the Eagles tape, so I'm not sure exactly what they're doing up front. I know there's talent up front, though, no question about it. Uh, but that's something the Jags are going to have to improve on and show they can do. Absolutely. Luke Fortner's gotten a little bit better, but he's still – one of the worst centers in the league right now. Worst starting centers, not worst centers overall, but starting. Yeah, he, I thought he had his best game against the Chargers, though. He improved, and he had a better game. He improved, but I still, I'm still not 100. He's got to get better, and I know he's a rookie. It's his first goal. He will continue to get better. His improvement will be better than everybody else's because it's his first time doing it in the NFL. He will get better, but he's got to get better quick, especially starting next week when you got a guy like uh, Jordan Davis uh, coming in the game. Yeah, big Jordan, you got you got some big defensive linemen in there, so you got to get better yeah. quick. And this will be Fortner versus Davis round two. They played last year in the SEC. Did not go oh, yeah. super great for Kentucky. I didn't but, watch the film. Uh, me, I don't know. Do you know what uh, what happened for us there? Yeah, Fortner actually played. You know, all things considered, played fairly well. He had some really high level reps against those guys. Not only Jordan Davis, but Jalen Carter. Of course, those guys are going to get theirs, too. That was a heavyweight matchup on the interior there. Yeah. Um, but that was one of the games where I was like, you know, he's playing NFL players right now, and he's holding his own. Um, so, uh, yeah, I think Fortner is going to be fine, but the improvement needs to keep happening, sure. Uh, finishing in the red zone, they're up to 53% touchdowns in the red zone, which is still only 20th in the league. You really want to get above 60, 65, making two-thirds of those, converting them into touchdowns. They're heading in the right direction, but still not quite there yet. Yeah, you got to finish those plays. You get all the way down there, you got to you got to plug it in. And that's something that Doug puts an emphasis on. I know from my days being on staff with Andy Reid, Marty Morawig, Doug's protégés is um, – not Doug's pro. They were Doug was their pro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The fact that they put a big emphasis on on red zone Friday. The whole emphasis is red zone, and they make that a point. We are defensively red zone, offensively red zone. So it's huge for them. So that surprised me, and I, so that leads me to believe that they will get better at the red zone. And last week, and the only one of the sides, yeah. One of the only downsides I saw in this in this game was I wanted to see Evan Ingram expand on his role, and he only had one catch, three targets. 
And that's when the tight end comes into play. I mean, I am a little bit, you know, hey, I'm a little bit biased being an old tight end myself. Throw the tight end the ball in the red zone. But Big he almost body, had that one uh, yeah. on the side where his foot looked like it just came up right before the ball hit his hands. That was a hell of a throw and a hell of an effort by Ingram. But I hear you. Yeah, I like to get the ball to the tight end in the red zone. I mean, I might be biased, Jordan, like I said, being a tight end, but get the ball to the tight end in the red zone. Let's go, guys. Well, he's big. He's athletic. Got a huge catch radius. I'm with you. That's a red zone target. Yeah. I don't think they want to spam Ingram too much, though, because I think they want to protect him a little bit while he's still building up confidence here with this team. Uh, but who knows? That That's just my theory. All right, so that's going to round it out today. Again, Eagles coming up in Philly. My goodness, what a matchup, not only because of the, the level of play of both teams, but Doug Peterson returning to Philadelphia for the first time um, as a head coach of the Jaguars, has a statue outside of the stadium, brought them their first and only Lombardi trophy. That I wish they could flex this one so bad. Yeah, I, I mean, I hope that – is there still a chance they can flex it? I don't or think is so. It, is it all done? I wish they could. But uh, I'm going to go to the game. I'm going to fly out uh, Saturday. I got a busy week, but I'm not missing this one. I got some buddies down there still. Got a couple tickets. I'm going to go to the game, and I'll let you know what jersey I wear, guys, because I'm going to be wearing one of my old jerseys. I just don't know which one yet, the old Eagles jersey. If I wear the Jags jersey, I might get in a fight because those be, guys are around. I'd be scared. Yeah. If you That's wear a Jags places, jersey, you know. if you wear an opposing mm. team's jersey in Philly, you might get in a fight. That's yeah. all you got to say. So I'll let you guys know when we when we cover the, the Eagles game later in the week, and we're going in depth. I know this Philadelphia, there was, t- there was three training camps, Jordan, that I went to this, this offseason. Mm-hmm. Went to the Bears, I went to the Jags, and I went to the Eagles. I know these guys. I think this will be a good matchup. I think it's going to be a lot closer than people think. I think the Jags could even possibly possibly upset the number one team in the NFL. And we'll, we'll get to our picks next time in a couple days when we talk about this matchup. Yeah, I'm with you. I think it is going to be close. I can't really say which way I'm leaning at this point because, again, I haven't studied the Eagles yet. I know what they've got going on, but schematically I want to look into all that stuff. So we will do that. We'll get back with you later in the week. But that is going to do it for today's show. Thank you so much for tuning in. Make sure to follow Clay on Twitter, at ClayHarbs82, myself, at Jordan DeLugo. Subscribe and review if you enjoy the show. And if you want to see the video format, you can, of course, check out the Gen Jag YouTube channel. Have and a great rest go, of your Victory Tuesday, Duval. We yeah, we got to say it. Um, Victory Tuesday, good win this week. Duval! <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Have a great one, y'all. Good. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.